You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Welcome back, people. Today might be the Hot Mess Express. We are trying to squeeze in a recording with a uh, just busy day. As you guys know, we're working moms and, uh, Fitting this one in in between meetings, but so let's dive in and start with Salt Lake. I agree with you. You made a post and a meme about this last night. Greatest feud of all time is Mary and Jen. Absolutely, Mary and Jen. Holy crap! I w- I'm waiting for the producers to make just a little montage of that fight. One. Anyone who wants to come at me on whether or not this is the greatest feud of all time, I mean, I'm not really going to fight anyone. But, I mean, the fact that it started over hospital smell, I think, kind of cements it in Bravo housewife history. Like, I feel like the next time there's BravoCon in the Housewives Museum, there needs to be a little corner devoted to Mary and Jen's feud. It may be like a hospital smell, like an experience. I mean, I mean- <laughs> There's just so many levels to it. Like, I remember actually going into last night's episode, starting it and thinking, if this is still about hospital smell, I'm really over the feud. But then, like, and it it really wasn't. But then as I was watching it, I'm like, wait a minute. We weren't even on hospital feud last week, like hospital smell feud last week. We've gone from hospital smell to grandpa fucker, or as Mary thinks, grandpa motherfucker, which, like, kind of one and the same and both a huge slap in the face. And then now we're adding in like this really deep layer, which it's a really important conversation to have, but the way it fits in this fight, it doesn't feel heavy the way it has when this conversation comes up with other franchises. But now we're basically talking about Mary being racist towards the black community, even though she is a black woman. And I get why Jen's pissed. Like, basically, Mary said, we don't know if this is true, but she's not denying it. Mary said, if I drive up to a 7-Eleven and I see black people, I go to another 7-Eleven. And I think it's really important. And I don't want to white-splain this. And, you know, Vanessa, with you being biracial, I'm going to let you take this one over. But I do feel like if you grow up as the only black person or the only brown person, there's, like, layers of, like, racism in your own community. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a lot of colorism. And I would imagine there's some elitism and Mary and how she feels that she may feel like she's above um, those black people for whatever reason. I just, it's just really, really bad. And I don't know. I mean, I think Mary has some internal issues, clearly. I mean, she married her grandfather, but I could understand. Yeah, I understand why Jen got got offensive, was offended by that statement, because it's a ridiculous statement. I mean, you are basically saying 
Mary is saying she's leaving those places because of black people. So that's just, that's a lot. And I'm, I'm glad the internet will do its thing for Mary and kind of put her in her place. But I feel like she's got, there's gotta be some self-rooted hatred there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's like, girl, she might be blind to it. I mean, I'm guessing she obviously, I mean, she, her, her family is black, but she's grown up very, very wealthy. Maybe she hasn't really had a lot of experience with different members of the black community. I don't know. Like, I think like you said, colorism is the perfect way of looking at it. I think what really triggered Jen though, if you're like, where the hell did this come up? Mary called Jen a hoodlum, which I think only just made Jen be like, gosh, like typically when you hear that word, you do think of black people, you know, like it is kind of like, that's like kind of where the term is often used. And so I think that's what triggered her. I don't know. And I totally get why Jen's upset when she was talking about like her sons look black. Like if, if you see her sons on the street, even though Jen herself is not black. So, I mean, I just felt like it took the fight to such a extra level, but then I was kind of surprised, not at how quickly it diffused, but the fact that like Jen came back and like, they actually continued the conversation I feel like on other shows, when somebody leaves a luncheon, that's it. They're done. They're walking out. Like, you don't see them again. Yeah. I mean, you would not see them again. No, she came back. And I can't decide if that was the moment where the eyes – was that happening before she Oh, yeah. If you <laughs> – I don't know, but that was the best. She's like, if you open your eyes like that one more time, and I want to be like, Jen, we're all thinking it. She's got some crazy fucking bug eyes that do – they do drive me nuts. I, does it annoy you? I mean, it's Ramona's eyes are a little <laughs> crazy, yeah. but Mary's are on another level. I don't know that they necessarily annoy me. It's just like I feel like it's almost her. I don't even want to call it her superpower, but it's kind of like, <laughs> like you that. know when yeah. she's been activated. When Mary's been activated, her oh. eyes. If I were going to treat her like a little robot, her eyes are like. Whoop, and I pop do want to call out an amazing meme by Bravo. Oh my God, who said Ramona walked. What is it? I always butcher this. Someone walk, Ramona walked so Mary could run. I think that's how it goes. But basically, talk, like Ramona's eyes bug out, but Mary's do it even more. Like, I loved that. So, I want to give a big shout out to Bravo. Oh my God, for killing it on that meme. Uh, from there, though, we transition. Like, a day has, you know, a day has ended, and both Jen and Mary are now like talking about what happened. I was so confused on so many levels as to what was happening in Mary's house. So she has like what looks to be a nurse, like almost like a hospice nurse that would like come to your house and help somebody. Like she was like dressed more in like scrubs, not like in a housekeeper more uniform. Like she looked like a nurse and delivered her what looked to be like a hospital tray. And did you notice that the water had the saran wrap around it and like the straw poked through? If you've ever stayed at a hospital, which Vanessa, you have more experience than anyone, that is how they give you your your liquids. Like I just felt like I'm like, is this a hospice nurse? It was so weird. It was very strange. I mean, I did appreciate the beatboxing. There was just a lot to unpack there. And <laughs> also the food she brought it, where did she bring it from? Because they were sitting in the kitchen. So why I mean, did maybe the food not like come a, from the kitchen? It was is just there a very pantry. I don't there know. Could be a, I don't know. It was weird. I agree. It I was, was very strange. And I mean, we got to Mary's outfit. Mary is just like we've said before in the last our last episode, but she's truly like a walking train wreck. Like I, I can't turn away. I don't like a 95% of the things I see. I think if I were to say a nice thing about Mary, I think the only nice thing I would say is um, 
She probably does a lot for her. She church. can. I could say, does, I would yeah. Say. Well, I was just gonna say she can um, project her voice very well. I don't know. She that's can. probably the only nice she thing can do that. That I can say <laughs> about her. But I mean, what is going on there? Her outfits are terrible. They are so bad. We talked about this on um, "Don't be, don't be all uncool." I'm going to yes. butcher it now. I'm sorry, guys. I, I needed to prep better today. We were on another podcast, and we'll link to it, um, and we shared it to our stories a couple days ago. But you and I were both like, how did TLC not snatch up Mary before Bravo? She has TLC reality series written all over her. She's just so out there and unrelatable and crazy, and I, I cannot get enough of her. This is not me throwing shade. I don't ever want to really like know Mary in my personal life, but I want her on my TV every single night. And yet these women somehow, like, I feel like if Mary was in any, maybe any other franchise, she'd get a hell of a lot more shit. I mean, she's getting shit. Don't get me wrong. A lot of it, though, is coming from Jen. But, like, Heather has dinner with her. I mean, I feel like Lisa, who's, like, the judgiest of the group, like, looks past the grandpa part. Like, I don't know. It's just very interesting to me that the women um, can kind of turn an eye. And I don't know if it's just part of their religious backgrounds and experiences that they've grown up with. But everyone seems to be like, all right, yeah, that happened. I wonder too if like some of them have had other conversations with her because I know that Mary started opening up to Heather and kind of even said like she didn't even want to marry her grandpa. Like she, she, I think she used the word forced or I had to. And I wonder if people know like there's kind of a level of, I don't say trauma, but like I think that was really hard for Mary. Like she knew she wanted to take over the church. She knew her grandma wanted her to marry her grandpa, but still I'm sure it was weird to her. I mean, she basically lied to not have to have sex with him for a whole month. Like it had to be a really uncomfortable, awkward thing at such a young age to realize like you have to do this if you want to get and do everything you've ever dreamt of doing. And so maybe some of them sympathize with her for that and realize that like, that's going to make you pretty weird. Like to marry your grandpa at a young age, I think she was like 19 or 20. Yeah, no, it's very weird. And it was uncomfortable to watch her discuss, like, how she waited to sleep with him, get intimate, and, like, all of that. Like, it, it's it's really gross and seems very predatory-type behavior. And I feel like Mary clearly likes money based on how she's dressed. I don't know. I feel like a psychologist is better off really <laughs> – digesting and dissecting all of that but it makes me feel yucky yeah I feel like even like when she was like having that dinner conversation I'm like oh this is the only part I've wanted to fast forward like it's just and not because it isn't entertaining it's just hard to hear that and then you put yourself in your like what was I like at 19 and if someone told me I had to marry my step grandpa I'd be like what the fuck no like I don't want to do this so I don't know. I guess I think everyone can maybe sympathize with her. She's still batshit crazy, but I feel like who wouldn't be batshit crazy if they marry their grandpa at 19? I mean, life is going to be a little crazy for you. Uh, One other thing before we talk about what might be the best crossover event to ever happen. I'm thrilled about this crossover that we got to see in the previews. Uh, Okay, so I made a note about this and you commented about it. I get that siblings wrestle, but when you are older – I thought it was, and I get they were doing jujitsu and stuff. It was maybe very uncomfortable that Whitney straddled her brother. Now, I don't have a brother, so I don't know, but I felt like it was a kind of a weird moment. I didn't think anything of it because I used to wrestle my brother all the time. 
But would you wrestle him right now and, like, straddle him? No, no, but, like, I don't know. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Put it like that. I would not. I would not. But, like, I used to kick my brother's ass until he, like, outgrew me. And, you know, we would – he'd put me in a headlock and all of that stuff. Yeah. I – I didn't really think much of it. Okay. Well, I don't have a brother. So maybe like I only grew up with sisters. I have an older sister and a younger sister. And we would wrestle, but it was more like pushing. And then it was like really like when sisters fight, it's kind of like an art form. It's like you subtly steal something and you wear it to school so that they know you, they see you wearing their stuff. Like it's, it's that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so I don't well, know the wrestling. And that's yeah. also ju- – my brother actually does jujitsu, so I, we haven't done Are you Whitney that. Rose? Oh, my gosh. I love this. No, I'm not Whitney Rose, but my brother <laughs> actually does jujitsu. And I know that's truly, like, how jujitsu is. I mean, I know I'm, I would have it if it wasn't COVID times and I didn't have two children <laughs> and I wanted to learn jujitsu. You might wrestle him. Yeah. I might – like, the competitor in me would want to, like, kick his ass. So – I don't know. All right. I, I think it's okay. just a sibling thing, but I'm they're not- step-siblings, so there's that. Right. No, I wasn't saying, like, it just felt weird. I don't think they're, like, hooking up. I'm not, like, no, 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 anything like that. I just was like, oh, we're, like, grown adults, and, like, you're wrestling your brother. But anyway, so, again, I don't have brothers. I don't know what this like. I have two boys. They wrestle constantly, so maybe I just need to realize that, like, they might be in their 30s, and we're having Thanksgiving dinner, and they're going to start wrestling, and that's fine. Um Okay, so then the episode ends. Great episode. Just another strong Salt Lake uh, episode that we get. In the preview, we see Lauren from Utah and Katie Maloney Schwartz meeting the women. And I don't know why, but I'm so excited for this crossover. Maybe it's because I think Pump is done and I might not ever see them again. But I was so excited to see them in the previews. I'm excited for the crossover. We haven't had this, a Vanderpump crossover until the premiere of Vanderpump when Brandy Glanville. Well, in Summer House, there was a little oh, crossover. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like, from a housewife's perspective. Yeah, it's been a while. Too. It it's hasn't happened since Beverly Hills um, started, or when Vanderpump Rules started because of the Beverly Hills. Yeah. Be- Can I talk? That's Beverly how Vanderpump Rules started, is really a crossover. It was done so beautifully. If you haven't watched that episode of it's like a, it was a Beverly Hills episode and you kind of just thought you were getting like a bonus 30 minutes and it just kind of led you right into Vanderpump and it was so, done so beautifully like I honestly like want to go back and watch it again it's maybe one of my favorite ways of introducing a new series but again Salt Lake unbelievable can't wait for the crossover next week oh see oh gosh um what can we say honestly hands down the worst episode of Housewives I've ever seen yeah. in my life I feel like it was a form of torture. You listening are probably like, then why are you watching? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Very good question. Very good question. Abby and I are sadists. (laughs) Once we've committed to something, we have to see it through. Um, It was really bad. And it was, it was hard to watch all, all of it. It was really hard to watch. It was really hard to watch Bronwyn. It was really hard to watch. Kelly Dodd, um, oh, Smelly, I said her name. I feel like I it's need okay. to take a drink. Yeah. It's early here, but it was just <laughs> really, really hard to watch the producers even minimize a little bit of all the shit that Kelly said, especially when it came to the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh, they posted it, her fucking tweet and made her look like she was like right there with the movement. That pissed me off so much, knowing that she wore a hat that says Drunk Wise Matter and then posted about how it's just a joke and it's not racist to black people and it's not minimizing the Black Lives Matter movement when it absolutely was. 
I don't know. The editing of that pissed me off so much. And I was kind of like, all right, fuck OC. Like I, I, I think I'm done. Like, I don't really know if I can keep watching it. It is horrible. And I don't even know that we need to spend much more time than that, but it was truly a form of torture in the most 2020 thing I've ever (laughs) experienced (laughs) from a Bravo perspective. It was bad. It was really, really bad. Then Potomac. I need a, like, I need happiness. And we have Potomac and Atlanta still to discuss. Oh, programming Um, note, Southern Charm, we are not going to cover. (laughs) Um, We've decided, Abby, yeah, that, yep. So Abby and I decided we'll discuss things if there's anything interesting that happens there, but we'll probably just share more thoughts on our Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Um, Leva, we love you. Craig, we want to love you. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Potomac, uh, Monique. Still not remorseful. This is the finale of Potomac, everyone. Um, and I was really, I'm really sad it's over, but I cannot wait for this reunion. I just cannot believe, like Monique to me, it's like she cannot admit fault. It's not that she's guarded and has her defense up and doesn't want to let people in. It is that she has such an, it's an ego thing. She will just never admit she's wrong. There, she still thinks she did nothing wrong in this. I mean, she needs to go to the, Jennifer Aiden's daughter. What's her oh name? yeah, Gabby. She needs Gabby, to, to Gabby Aiden. She needs to yeah. go to the Gabby Aiden school of apologizing. There's no buts. You're either sorry or you're not, and you're sorry. Like I, I she, yeah. I, the fact that she's like, I'm not sorry that I defended myself. I don't remember what she said verbatim, but I'm just like, there's no buts. Like you're either sorry or you're not. So just be sorry. It's <laughs> you're not showing a sign of weakness, or it doesn't matter. Candace is. A role in this at this point like just be yeah. sorry that it went to that level and something snapped in you like that just be sorry i like this is not maybe the best example but one time i was driving on the highway and this weird like bag thing flew out of someone's car the, the like the truck bed and there was no one around me and i swerved and missed it well another car like naturally when you see someone swerve they swerve too and they swerved into another car <laughs> and i saw it happen in my rearview mirror and i remember like feeling really bad. Like in, in, in some way I caused that fight, even though I knew, I mean, that car accident, I knew it wasn't my fault, but like, I could still admit like, oh my gosh, like I feel partly responsible for this. And like, I wasn't really even like, I pulled over and talked to police. They're like, you did nothing wrong. You're fine. But like Monique physically hit someone and then went after them and still can't even admit fault. It just, it's mind blowing to me. I feel like she's missing something. Like there's something missing inside her and maybe therapy will get it out. I don't know. But like, I just feel like something's off. Lord, I hope so. But we're going to see that freaking book of receipts. And honestly, I'm here for it. But one thing I didn't know, and maybe I need to start doing um, to spice up my marriage is put perfume behind the kneecap. I wanted more of Karen Hughes' HSN. My like flirting um, and my way I like seduce my husband might be very vanilla. I don't think really much kneecap action. Like I don't, I like what, I don't know why that matters. Like, I guess if they're like doing certain things to you. I'm yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, like, I mean, should. I love perfume. <laughs> I wear it daily, but I'm like, I don't, I also feel like some perfumes are really expensive. Like the one I love is not the cheapest. And so I really only do two sprays and I read somewhere that's really all you need. I don't know if I want to waste a spray behind the kneecap. And then what if I never even like you know, hook up with somebody that day. What a waste of a perfume spray. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Uh, All right. God, there's Let's so be frugal much to people. in this yeah. episode. Uh, really, before 
Juan I mean, proposed the, to Robin. Yeah. They have oh, that God, intense Michael. therapy conversation, but we got to talk about the proposal and what happened because that's truly the meat of this episode. I'm still confused. Like, there's so many things to unpack. When did Michael and Juan become best friends? Everyone loves to joke that Michael is in love with Juan. I don't know that they're best friends. I think Juan is, like, to me, he seems like just a nice guy. Who's and, really hot, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Juan's super hot. I feel like he's just a nice guy, and it's, I don't know, it's easier to just be nice to Michael instead of being like, you're a weirdo, get away from me. Yeah. I could see some of that. I don't know. I just was like, why is Michael acting like he's Juan's best friend? And almost like it was felt to me like a jealous girlfriend that's like broken up with someone for a while. And they're like, oh, like, like you dated someone, you guys broke up. And then like a year later, he starts dating someone and people are like, oh, I think he might propose to her. You're like, no, there's no way he's proposing to her. It's just like out of like jealousy and anger. And I was like, wait a minute. Michael loves Juan. I agree with that. I think there's, I think there's some feelings there. And I also feel like he's so weird about how he's like, I'm not gay. I've never met a straight man who tells people he's not gay more than Michael Darby. No, not at all. And it's the even weirder that he's trying to talk shit on Juan. Like, we can't yeah. forget about that. He's trying to talk shit and imply that there's something going on. And I love that Giselle was like, let's get right to it. Yeah, I, I love Jizzy. And there was nothing there that he was willing to share. It was very strange. But the fight essentially starts because Candid- the women are getting into it over the Monique attending Karen's party so yes. Michael is going over to um, Candace's husband and is telling him, "You need your wife, you need to calm her down. And Chris, like, goes off. And then Michael's I think like, he said you need to control me. your woman or something, too. Yeah. I feel like that's a really triggering phrase. Like, I, I don't like that phrase at all because, like, control your woman, it implies that, like, Chris owns – owns Candace. I don't know. It just, I feel like that's a very triggering phrase for both male and females. Absolutely. It was, it was not um, the right thing to say. And then immediately they broke out into a fight and Michael's like, you have your hands on me. And he's like, keep your hands off me. And then Ashley is like going off on him. And then meanwhile, in the background of this crazy ass fight you have robin just having a grand old time i think (laughs) like just continuing to drink eventually michael leaves he wants to be his mic to remove ashley is like screaming at him it was a lot it It was was a lot lot. and then they go on vacation the next day yeah and then it felt like a dateline episode to me when they they were going on and like at that on a vacation, like I was and like, she what has is never been seen again. I was waiting for that. No, the background music was very dateline y, even the font they used was not their usual, and it didn't do like that, do 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 like it wasn't like a little like upbeat tone. It like the background music was very weird when we got like the end of season, like where are they nows? And I, I don't know, it was like the there's some subtle shade where it was like the couple's claims their relationship has never been stronger. I don't think anyone of any one of us are buying that. I don't I just I really like I said this last time, I really hate that she's having another baby with him. I feel like she needs to get away from that man. Well, and Ashley is I mean, I feel like she teach a PR course um yeah. for housewives because she basically went on Watch What Happens Live. She always confronts the issues head on. She said it was they had a pleasant vacation and they've been like stronger than ever ever since. Like I just 
like I've said, I think Ashley Darby is the most interesting housewife that we have, like for multiple reasons and how her relationship is a huge part of that, but just also how she navigates pot stirring, how she confronts dramatic, intense situations is fascinating to me. A hundred percent agree that watch what happens live. I went back and watched it and it was, I mean, she really could give a training on like public relations and how to handle like media and tough questions. She's, I mean, there's a reason why she's been on the show from the beginning and she's, she's pretty good at being a housewife. Um, and I just, I really can't wait for the reunion. I hope we get, it's like, I have a mixed feelings. I want a lot of, so all of my current questions, I would like for them to be answered. However, I want future questions that I'm going to see in the next season. Like, I don't want it to feel resolved and like everything's tied up in a pretty little box because then I get, I'll have a feeling that like what's left for Potomac. And I think there's a lot more to come with these women, but I I hope we get new questions from the reunion. That's like the best reunion when you don't, when you didn't see something else coming and you're like, wait a minute. And then like it ends and we see it play out in the following season. A thousand percent. All right. Atlanta. These women, okay, so as much as we said OC and Southern Charm, that it's been so hard to watch because it felt like a form of torture torture of, like, we're still living quarantine and COVID and the pandemic, and then we're watching it play out, but it felt like we were watching it, like, you know, these poor women that don't have, like, their housekeepers, and they're not even wearing masks, and they're going to New York. It's like, is your life really that hard? The women of Atlanta, God, they, like, they... They just did it so perfectly. They hit on all the topics for COVID that we all are caring about. Weight gain, measuring six feet distance. Like there were so many different levels of how all the women feel about quarantine. And I think it was like accurately represented kind of like within even in my circle of friends. There's somebody that's like sanitizing everyone. There's someone that's like, I'll wear a mask and I'll sit down and have lunch with you. And then there's like everything in between. I don't know. I just loved it. And then of course they touched on Black Lives Matters from the start. And that's such a huge thing for all of these women being women of color, but like particularly because one of their cast members, Portia has been so active and ended up getting arrested. And we saw that happen. It was great. I thought they, I just loved how they broke the fourth wall, sharing the interviews. I just feel like the women of Atlanta truly are like, they're they're not hiding behind anything. And I feel like you start to see that the more and more you watch housewives you know I'm going to say Beverly Hills, but in Atlanta, it comes across so great. I love that breaking of the fourth wall. Um, Portia is a freaking inspiration. I got chills on the end when she said, you know, she's talking about how she's doing this for her daughter and she's continuing to use her platform and her voice. And, you know, yes, Portia season four, I think is when she joined, um, isn't who she is and you know she's evolved and changed and that's you we as people can evolve and change i always hate when people bring back old um seasons of portia and like to say how uneducated or make mean comments about her and i'm like well shit she's evolved and changed she's grown a lot as humans we're allowed to grow evolve and change so let it be one thing from the episode other thing that i want to talk about that I never thought I would agree with Mike Hill, but <laughs> I know I, yeah, Cynthia, I'm sorry, girl. You really didn't need to have a super spreader event COVID wedding, although we haven't heard anyone get COVID from her wedding, and I have no doubt she took all the precautions. I just didn't think she needed to have 250 people. I don't. Yeah, I mean, honestly, too, if somebody got it, they're probably not going to 
make it public because they don't want to drag her down. If you're there at her wedding, you're a friend of hers or you're a friend of Mike. So like, I mean, I probably wouldn't come forward like, oh yeah, I went to the wedding and now I have COVID. I'd keep it low key. Uh, just out of sake of being their friend and not wanting them to see negative, you know, media attention. But I agree with him. I love when he said, do you want a wedding or do you want a marriage? Because I like that's a very important question that I think even outside of a pandemic, every engaged couple needs to think about. You get so wrapped up and it used to be before all this, like having the perfect Pinterest wedding and like, you know, how does my table look and all this stuff. And like at the end of the day, it really is about your family and friends coming together and just celebrating you. And it will be the biggest party you ever throw in your entire life. So enjoy it. And, you know, if that means it's 10 people because of what happened, then it's going to be your 10 closest people in the world. And it'll be just as fun as if it was, you know, 200. I, I completely agreed with him. And this is coming from somebody who did stress and worry about all that stuff and try to have a Pinterest wedding. And then the day off was like, that was such a waste of time. Well, it was a great day because I celebrated with all the people I love. Yeah, and it wasn't even her first wedding. And I'm not saying you're you can't have your, you know, happy ever after, but just wait. I mean, just go elope and then have your big party later if, you, if that's really important to you. I just didn't understand to me the the urgency of needing to have it this year and needing to have everyone there. I just I I don't get it and. You do you, Cynthia. I mean, it's done now. I can't um, hate on her too much, but I was surprised that I was agreeing with Mike. But Atlanta looks like it's going to be a great season and off to a great start. So our shout out, we're going to give it to Miss Portia Williams. She, I feel like any housewife is winning 2020. I just think it's inspirational, the work that she's doing. I just think using when you have a platform like you do on housewives and you're using it for greater good, I think that's always an amazing thing to watch. And she makes us laugh too. She's on the Bravo chat room. I don't know. She's with Dennis anymore. I hope not, but that's good news too. So I feel like Portia, we love you. You continue to be an inspiration and I can't wait to see what she does next. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a great season. Keep in mind, too, we haven't even met the new girl. She's yeah. coming up next week. So a lot to look forward to. And so guys, much to look forward to. And we're going to break it all down. So should we do our usual spiel here? Yes. This is now where we do our usual spiel. So you can either turn off the podcast or you could listen because you like to listen to our voices. But <laughs> here's our spiel. Please. Give us a five-star rating or leave us a written review. That would be a lovely Christmas gift (laughs) if you want to give back to us. I'm being extra. But that would be awesome. We're so close to five stars. So please, 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 it makes a huge difference. We've been getting amazing guests. And that only helps because we have a good rating. So we're close, so close to five stars. And if you haven't already, please consider checking out our Patreon page. Abby and I are doing this on the side. We're doing this in between meetings while we're working throughout the day. But if you want to support us in any way, please consider checking out our Patreon. You can check out patreon.com slash real moms of Bravo, and we will check you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.